Hi, you're listening to Friarside Chats, and I'm your host, Emma Miller, here with my good friend, Father Mike. You, you didn't sound as excited in your high. Oh. Hi. You, you, you want me to do it over again? Okay. Well, no, I mean, just I. we can keep going. I'm just saying, are you, <laughs> are you not as happy about this? I am excited. Actually, <laughs> I thought about saying something else instead of here with my good friend, Father Mike, because this episode... This episode, we're talking about navigating parent-child relationships as oh, you get older. Yes, and um, <laughs> I was reminded of the time when you pretended to be my dad. Oh yes, when I was looking at apartments That's because my parents couldn't come up from <laughs> Salisbury. I remember that? And I was looking for my like first apartments. After well, no, no, it was your second apartment because your oh. first apartment was a dump <laughs> that was. <laughs> mold infested <laughs> and you were going to be in the hospital shortly if you stayed in there it was so bad. it was so disgusting i, I can't believe that you actually there. put money for that i don't know how i was able to break my lease maybe calling the health department that could have been an <laughs> yeah, easy way for our listeners it was very bad um and when I moved out, because I complained so much and all the stuff, they realized they had to do some major they did. work They started the to, to renovate that. They renovated that the pit. whole space. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so then I had to go look for other apartments and I was afraid of making a bad decision again. So I asked Father Mike if he would pretend to be my dad because I didn't want to say this is my boss, Father Mike. He's looking at apartments right. with so, me. So I said some fatherly things, I think. <laughs> I think I may have called you dear. <laughs> Your mother's going to love this. <laughs> and, you know. Your mother and I have worked hard. Yes, yes. Oh, it just cracked me up when I was thinking about that. So I thought we'd share an <laughs> anecdote to kick us off. But no one can replace your dad. He's awesome. Oh, no. Big O. Big O. He's the best. My dad's name is Owen, in case people exactly. don't know. <laughs> Owen Everett Sh- Miller. Shout out to the O. That's right. Oh, I, I can never I can never take your place. Ever. No. Not even close. Never. Actually, I just went home and ran a 5K with my dad this past weekend. It was super fun. What place did you come in? In the whole race? Well, maybe in, in my age, age group. Life. Yeah. I came in first. All right. <laughs> it was a horrible time. I will not say it on this podcast. Well, how many other people were in the in your age group? <laughs> 3. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there were also three in my dad's age group, and he came in third. third. <laughs> well, you're priceless. Ri- you're, I mean, that's so millennial. You know, no matter what you do, you're going to get a ribbon. Oh, come on. I deserve participation. Medal. Yeah, yeah, participation. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. But jumping into this, and actually, this is an episode suggested by our summer interns. We love our summer interns. And so I'm really pumped for it. Yes. Okay. Do you feel like at 50, shoot. Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm going to guess. Okay. At 56. God bless you. 57. Oh, yes. I was so close. Way to undershoot. That was smart. Do you feel like at 56, your relationship with your- I'm (laughs) 57. (laughs) I'm Do you feel like at 57, your relationship with your mom is still changing? That's a great question. Is it totally a lifelong thing? That's that's really interesting. Um, I, I it has to because we change, and so mm. I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. Neither is neither is she. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that the the root uh, love of 
God that we share uh, in a special mother-son way. Mm. Uh, only, only, I think, blossoms. You know, I think that it grows that way. But I think, you know, how she relates to me and how I relate to her, mm. um, I think, continues to grow. It, it grows at different speeds and in different ways. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about... um. The other day, gosh, where was I listening to this? I don't remember if it was in a talk or just being someone. They were talking about like the two biggest growth spurts in like like physical growth spurts are like one in, I don't know, sec- second trimester or something when you're inside mm-hmm. your mom's mm-hmm. body. Sure. Um, or maybe it's third. I don't know. And then the second one is in puberty. And then I was like, well, what's the biggest period of change in your relationship with your parents? It feels like maybe this is only because I'm still in my 20s, but it feels like the college period right where you're really yeah going from being hmm, well I, what's the right phrase well, I, I would say you go from your parents dictating yeah your day-to-day your day-to-day to to you dictating your day-to-day and them having to deal with that so it's yeah i mean it's deal with, it, deal it, with yeah, just deal with it you know it it, it, it is that mm. i think for a lot of parents to no longer or to try and figure out that well what is my role now yeah but it's still kind of like a fluctuation in college right because you still like go home for some things and that's like an adjustment or like your parents you know maybe pay your bills for some things so right. not all your choices right and i think some of it too is you still yeah. need their their em, em, all embracing love, mm. you know, where mm. your independence is still somewhat qualified, mm. you know, that I need to know that there's still this place where I can go when everything's falling around me, yeah. where I will be safe and nurtured. Yeah. You know, that I, th- I, th- I think there's still a need for that. Not to say there's not a need for that at 57, but yeah. it gets played out differently. And, and uh, yeah, so I think in, in college, I think that dynamic is really so, interesting yeah. to watch it happen. Do you feel like, um, <laughs> I was going to say, like, us as the children. But then I'm like, well, your mom was a child at some point, like, whatever. Do you feel like the child usually makes that pivot first? I think the child has to, I think, and I, I, I think so much of that is genetic, you know, in, in, I I would say most mammals, Mm. you know, that, uh, at some point there's a, uh, a step out of the nest, you know, Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, it reminds me of, uh, uh, the old, uh, it's not old, but uh, there's a book title a number of years ago that I read that I really enjoyed. It said, uh, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. You know, and mm. I, I, I like that concept. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, if you want to be independent, you've got to step out from under your parents' purview. Yeah. You know, so you've got to test the waters and become your own person. Uh, and, you know, that's done more. Uh, gracefully and more sloppily <laughs> depending on on the person mm-hmm. we talk a lot about um 
you know, Jesus being fully human and experiencing all the same thing. Do you feel like he had growing pains with his parents? I think um, we've got that great scene of him being, um, you know, found in the temple, you know, <laughs> and and you almost get precocious Jesus mm. that is a little too sassy, even for being the son of God. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12 year old. Yeah. You know, like, OK, uh, all right, we get it. You're the son of God and all, <laughs> but <laughs> you're still open under my roof, mm-hmm, you know, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I, I mean, I. I see that at the same time, you know, Jesus is the is the prototypical millennial. You know, he he, <laughs> he doesn't start his public ministry until age thirty. You know, <laughs> so it, you know, you wonder what was going on in those other years. You know, was he just a mama's boy and he just that, hung out under the? That uh, is so funny. Yeah. So I, I mean, thirty. I, that's thirty like was old. Was very very late uh, in life. So you know, we're left to. Uh, imagine what possibly could have been the family dynamics and even mm. his first foray into uh, in, in his public ministry has, mm. you know, at the wedding mm-hmm. feast at Cana has a, a, a tinge of <laughs> maybe being pushed out of the nest. Yeah. You know, Mary saying, you know, hey, th- they ran out of wine. Jesus pushing back. What do you want me what to do? What do you want me to do about it? It's not my time. You know, what does this concern me? And 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 then Mary does what good mothers do. You know, she disregards Jesus and goes in <laughs> and tells the, you know, the waiters, do whatever he tells you. You know, like she gets the ball rolling. You know, it's a, it's an amazing familial dynamic. That is interesting. You know, and so how many parents do we know who set the table so to speak for a son or daughter to step out on the stage of life yeah um, you know or grease the skids a little bit Mm -hmm. do whatever you know it's like mary's the you know the the friend of a friend who calls and says hey look you know my daughter needs a internship you think you could uh you know you think you could find her a place you know mm-hmm. think you could you know that that kind of reaching out and yeah and setting the table a little bit yeah. I, I think those are i think those are um important transitional mm-hmm. familial moments well thinking about um a lot of our student listeners what do you what would you say to a student who's kind of having a hard time with a parent who's not willing to let them start stepping out of the nest, you know, right. that it's maybe holding on too tight. What kind of encouragement can you give to? Well, I, I mean, I think students. some of it's cultural, you know, mm. I think um, especially uh, some of our students who are uh, children of immigrants mm. from any of a wide range of different cultures, you know, th- that sometimes they experience the rub of this mm. a little bit more in a, in a more rough way than maybe, uh, students whose parents grew up in this country. So, mm. so I think some of that is cultural, where um, the way in which you step out on your own in Vietnam, mm. for example, is different than the way mm. that you're going to step out on your own uh, in, here in Durham. So yeah. uh, I think um, those could be, that would be my first sort of um response would be to understand okay what's the context Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. you know Uh, i think there are other um you know just familial contexts that 
for example, um, you know, sometimes when uh, parents have had an experience of loss, oh, yeah. you know, where mm-hmm. either the loss of a spouse, and so that maybe they're a little more clingy, mm-hmm. or maybe you've had an older sibling who screwed it up royally and <laughs> there's division or what have you. And so yeah. the parents are, you know, the, the pendulum is swinging back and they're rethinking the, their approach. You know, so there are those contexts yeah. that need to be appreciated. And then there's the old, you know, look at your own personal history as a, you know, as, mm. a, as a child of your parents. Have you given them reason yeah. to be cautious in your regard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are those dynamics. End of the day, though, I think for all of us, um, you know, life beckons, mm. you know, life sort of mm. compels us to get out of bed and go out and engage the world and n- nothing really can stop us. You know, mm. that, that, uh, no parent, no authority figure, you know, we're, we're destined as we're, we're programmed as mm. human beings to engage, mm-hmm. you know, none of us would just lay in bed and do nothing, you know, not even move, <laughs> you know, there's something compelling us. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I think we have to own that and say, I want to do this well, I want to do this gracefully. Yeah. I want to do this lovingly, but, um, there, you know, the old adage, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, mm. you know, there's, there's, there's probably, it's not going to be as, uh, mm squeaky clean as you might like yeah yeah and I guess thinking about my own experiences and and walking with some students navigating that I feel like what was the most helpful going through a period like that is patience patience with your parents yeah recognizing it takes time and also just continuing to ask Jesus to to be present in it there's no it because it is going to be like you said some broken eggs and kind of painful but keep asking him to like see through it man yeah i think can you love your parents where they are not where you want them to be (laughs) you know that that's yes that's the key you know so often we construct these models Mm -hmm. in our minds of the perfect reality. If my parents were just like, and sometimes we fill in the the blank with a name of a friend's parents and say, well, I know. know, And that's just, and of course, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so adolescent. Well, Mm -hmm. Bobby's parents let him do that. (laughs) You know, I'm not Bobby's parent. I'm Michael's parent. You know, okay. You know, so uh, that's a little, little less mature, obviously, but, um, sometimes we, ju- it just causes us to wonder mm. why do I have this set of parents, love them where they are. And you'd be surprised at, um, what that love, how that love changes your approach with your parents, mm-hmm. uh, and th- how they pick up on that. At the same time, there's some examples and you, you know, some as well as I do of strong, almost, and maybe even manipulative parents mm. who have issues themselves yeah. and can't let go yeah. and they're living through their, their son or daughter's yeah. uh, life and choices and mm. that's not healthy. And no. so you gotta, the sooner you can say, I love them where they are yet, I'm not going to um, rest with them in that space. Yeah. I'm going to move on yeah. while I still love them where they are, That the better off you'll be. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, some healthy boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and how about being honest enough with yourself, which I think is the hardest part, mm. just knowing your own reality well enough to be able to say, look, I, I'm not ready as I think. I'm, I may not be as ready as I think I am. Mm. You know, look at the, some of the choices I've made. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that kind of disaster. Disa- I mean, <laughs> disaster is a little strong, but disaster, poor choice, disaster. poor choice, poor yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I got to listen to some people mm. who I didn't listen to mm. in the past because I didn't think they knew anything. <laughs> but maybe now. When do you when do you feel like that switch flipped? Um, For me? Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about uh, when you realize like, oh, yeah, my parents actually maybe have some some good ideas and advice <laughs> to <right>. share. <laughs> it's um, it, it reminds me of that uh, Mark Twain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure many of us have heard, and I'm probably not quoting it exactly, but uh, it's something like, uh, when I was 14, I was embarrassed by how ignorant my father was. Mm-hmm. And when I was 21, I was amazed at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I, I think that there's, a lot of truth in that that um i I mean i think all of us remember it's like a again it's a pendulum swing at first when we're young our parents are invincible oh yeah and they know everything and we rely on them for everything yeah and then something happens where we see they that they're vulnerable Mm -hmm. and that is a earth crushing (laughs) you know moment in a child's life Mm -hmm. right and and then we grow to you know expand that you know that that gaping hole in their lives to begin to see more of their faults and more of their faults and only their <laughs> faults right such yeah. that um that they're idiots and they don't know what they're talking about uh i i found in my own life mm. um that it wasn't until i was probably in my late 20s mm-hmm. now i should well, I would say in in my in my teen late teen years, I mean I think I valued uh, what my dad thought mm-hmm. and and what my mom thought. Like I I think when I you were still at home, I still and even once mm-hmm. I left home, I think I valued it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think my experience. I mean, my parents didn't go to college. Right. My parents lived in this. Right. You know, never lived outside of a you know, three mile radius from where they grew up, you know, and, and three mile radius, maybe four or five. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I was the first one to move out of town, you know, even with older siblings. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the doing that made me sort of, well, I've seen a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm the, yeah, I'm much more knowledgeable because I've seen more. I think Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of that in me. Oh yeah. Um, so, but I, I will say <clears throat> there were times in my late twenties when I valued my father's opinions mm. on certain th- things where I wanted him, I wanted his advice. Or before you would not have gone to him. Probably. For that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, my mom has always been a, a voice of insight at a depth 
you know, maybe not on on a, you know, a practical level like my dad might have been more on it. Okay, take a look at this situation. Mm-hmm. Do this. My mom, for me, has always been a, a person I went to um, to understand uh, something, you know, like mm. to understand where people were coming mm-hmm. from, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and I, I think I always appreciated that about her, mm. but I, I'm trying to think if I could pinpoint when I appreciated that more. Yeah. I think it was probably when my dad was struggling and I started to see my mom's strength of character mm. emerge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That probably would have been around that same time. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that makes, that makes a lot of sense with kind of where I am in life right now. Sure. But I feel like I'm still pretty young and still, even still making some of these kind of parent child transitions. Right. But um, I, I think like a, a great step mm. is financially, mm. you know, do we have to, you know, step off the, the gravy train or do we have to get kicked off the gravy train? <laughs> you know? Actually, so many of my friends are still on their the parents' yeah. um, Phone. phones. Yeah. It's phones in particular. Yeah. I mean, insurance yeah. I get. Oh, yeah, you know, a lot of times because just the way in the nature of healthcare today. But some of these other, what else? What else would it be? I well, like I, I, I mean, I think there's some that you know. I I wonder about you know going into debt for your child's graduate school. Oh, does that happen a lot? I, I think there's some of that. Or, or transportation, you know, car, mm, you know, mm, mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Car insurance. Really? Yeah. Still? Yeah, yeah my brothers and I have gotten to a point where, like, our dad, mom will buy us stuff and we'll start getting mad. <laughs> Why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Stop. We're adults. We have jobs. Right, right. We can do these things. In right. fact, we'd maybe like to buy some of these things for you for guys. You. Sure. Please stop buying us sure. stuff. Or I think the big day is, you know, when you go out for a meal and yeah. you pick up the tab. Yeah. What have you done that yet? A couple times. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, not a couple. Yes, I have, but I probably ought to do it more. Yeah. At least offer. Yeah. 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 Okay. But here's one way. Here's one way I screwed up though. Recently, my dad, um, came for dinner and then my uncle Bob and his wife were there too. And my dad brought me to new shirts that he'd gotten me from his like trips. Cause he was thinking about me when he was in these places and my first thing was, Dad, stop buying me this stuff. Oh, I know. You ruined it. I know. I did. I did. So it was like that impulse to like, it was because I care about him. I don't want him wasting sure. stuff on me. But sure. what the heck? I didn't even say thank you first or even try to understand where he was coming from. That these were like, you know, he'd gone back to like a reunion to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And like, this is a place that was important to him. And so he got me a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like. How could I not appreciate that? So then you, I ended up calling him good. after he left. And I was like, I'm really sorry <laughs> that I didn't even say thank you first. I sure. really screwed that up. You will never wash my teeth. I, I know. <laughs> I know. But it's like even that, that impulse to like be independent and grow, you can like, you can just take it way too far right. too right. quickly. And right. So. Hmm. So thank you, dad. I've already worn the shirt once. <laughs> <laughs> They go. <laughs> so to me, as I think about how my 
relationships with my parents have developed and improved. I know patience has been at the heart of it. And it's been learning also to be patient with myself and receive mercy myself from Jesus. And then that kind of overflows into other relationships. Does that make sense at all? Like if you can't be patient with yourself. Forget it. Yeah. How are you going to be patient with people that drive you crazy? <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, and I, I think it goes back to that, you know, do I, do I, how well do I know myself? Mm. And, and not that it's all about me and I have to constantly make it about me, but rather to be, you know, there for others, mm. I need to first acknowledge the dynamics that are mm-hmm. taking place in my own life. Mm-hmm. And in particular with families and parents, um, I've got to commit to a, a love that's greater in Christ that, um, you know, follows his pattern of love, which is meet them where they are, mm. bring a message of peace mm. first and foremost, right? I yeah. Mean, that's what he, Jesus always does, regardless of where he is. And that's what he tells the disciples to do when he t- sends them out, you know, so uh, again, th- those same challenges come to us and say, you know, if every dynamic between me and my parents as I'm emerging into adulthood is a is a war, yeah. you know, is a battle of wills, what are, what am I doing? You know, and if mm-hmm. that's, you know, and it takes two to tango and all that. But, you know, I, I've got to start with patience, as you say, with myself. Yeah. And then I've got to want to, sp- which really is being at peace with who you are Mm -hmm. right (laughs) and then you bring that peace that's the gospel mandate you know that's the good news yeah that that christ sees us that way that he bring asks us invites us challenges us to bring that to the world yeah i like it yeah what's our challenge all right our challenge for our listeners we should get the challenge sponsored (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they've got it, the ACC during or something. Yeah. And here we have the... Your... your who would be a sponsor of a Catholic podcast? Uh, how about our HAC people? <laughs> your LD Swain... <laughs> challenge of the week. <laughs> HVAC challenge of the week. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? This is just the Emma and Father Mike Briarside chat challenge of the week. That's right. Brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> Cheerwine, please. I'm I'm from Salisbury. I'm sorry. Okay, so here it is. I recommend replaying a difficult moment in the past with one or both of your parents and try and see it from their perspective. Then after you've done that, spend some time in that, pray for them in Thanksgiving and or call them and tell them how and why you're grateful for them. Or how you see it differently. Or how you see it differently. Yeah. That's, I mean, just. just Dude, what a good exercise. That's so good. There's so much healing potential in that. There's so much growth potential mm-hmm. in that. There's so much wisdom that can come from replaying something from the past and seeing it from a different perspective, you know, yeah. and then acknowledge, why couldn't I see this then? Yeah. Some of it's because, okay, I was two years younger than I am now and mm-hmm. I'm just a different person, but sometimes, Oh, it was my pride or it was mm-hmm. my fear. Or it was, I was mm-hmm. cranky or whatever. Yeah. That's, I, I love that. Cool. I do too. Well, <laughs> I would hope you didn't give a, let's see what our listeners think. We'll float this 
bad bomb out there and see if it <laughs> see if it explodes. Yeah. Let's pray before we end our podcast. Um, what do you think about that? That sounds great. And what I what I want to pray for in particular is um, there are so many fractured family mm. relationships. Mm. There's so many fissures between uh, parents and children, uh, one way or the other. And so I think it's appropriate that we call upon the Holy Family to intercede mm. uh, for all of our students and their, their parents uh, who we know desire to have that Holy Family example lived. Lord, we ask you to um, give our uh, our young people the wisdom to know when to step out uh, and to give them the grace to do it gracefully. Lord, we place our uh, our parents in your care and we honor them and and respect them and hold them up. We treasure them for the life they've given us, for the ways in which they've cared for us. We love them for their giftedness. We love them in their brokenness. Mm. Lord Jesus, you had a relationship with your father Joseph that uh, is unknown to us in many ways. And so you know what it's like to maybe go through a decent portion of your life without a parent. And, uh, and so we have people who have that experience too, Lord. Be with them and, and allow them to know that their loving parents, whether here or with you or who are just not on the scene, uh, that there's still value in who they are, even without maybe that experience. Lord, we also uh, pray for uh, young people who are um, who have made choices that have distanced them from their mm-hmm. families, from their parents, and don't know how to get back. We ask you to inspire them to take a step. We we ask you to give them the courage to. Um, to simply uh, be at peace with where God is calling them uh, to maybe reunite with their parents. But above all, Lord God, we we thank you uh, since you've, uh, you are our Father and you have nurtured us as your children and you send us forth to be your presence in the world, to bear your name, to bear your name, and may we, may we do that well. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks, Father Mike. I like that prayer. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> All right, listeners, thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of Friarside Chats. You're very mellow now. Well, I'm very at peace. That was a very peaceful prayer. Well, I'm glad. I really felt it. I did too. Yeah. So now we're going to put our listeners to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> with a very quiet thank you for listening i can amp up again yeah let's go all right boom that was my that was my fingers
Oh, snapping. there we go. All right. Thank you guys, yes. our listeners, for joining us for another wonderful episode of Friarside Woo-hoo! Chats. Please email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have, or suggestions Anything. for future episodes. Do it. You can email me at erm13 at duke.edu. For more information about the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, that awesome ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Woo! Bang. Dropping the mic. Bang. Fireside Chats is supported by some really awesome parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shout out to our parent donors. They're the best. They are the best. Students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats, this awesome podcast, oh, yeah. or any of the other fabulous ministries of the Duke Catholic Center, mm-hmm. woohoo! visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. And that website is beautifully kept by the Director <laughs> of Communications herself. Queenie I don't know if we Miller. need to be holding up the website. It really needs an update. Get on it. <laughs> we'll need some extra donors. That's right. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. Thank you. Thanks, Father Mike. Thank you, Em. All right. See you guys next time on Friar Side Chats. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Look how long this is. Someone's fault for praying forever. I thought you liked the prayer. I'm just teasing. I did like the prayer. Okay.